Good morning, Wisconsin. It's WTMJ Now. News, opinions, Wisconsin. Everything you need to know in the Badger State and beyond. Come give us your thoughts on the old National Bank talk and text line at 855-616-1620. Old National Bank. Get old. Now here's your host, Sandy Max and Steve Scafidi. And thanks for tuning in on this Wednesday edition. Sandy is alongside. We are doing a special edition of Political Power Hour today because yesterday afternoon, a historic indictment against the President of the United States. Four counts, including conspiracy. The former President of the former United President, States. Former President, yes. Conspiracy to obstruct and obstructing an official proceeding. Conspiracy to defraud the United States. Conspiracy to violate the right to vote. Joining us on the phone today. Democratic strategist Joe Zapecki, and on the Republican side of things, Bill McCoshin, you know them from the Political Power Hour on Friday. Bill, since he's in our party, I'm going to ask, start with you, your immediate reaction to what happened yesterday. Well, I, you know, I'm troubled by the whole thing. Uh, you know, this is, I don't think it's the strongest indictment. I expected uh, Jack Smith to actually come with, you know, potentially incitement charges, which would have been more problematic for the former president. These are appear to be penalizing speech and his thoughts, what he what he said, which I think all of us have agreed is 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 false. I mean, there was a period of time. Let's go through the timeline after the election. I gave Trump the benefit of the doubt. I think a lot of Republicans did. He had recounts, including in the state of Wisconsin and Dane County and Milwaukee County. Those were those failed. Uh, it didn't change any votes. We had. Uh, whether it was the Legislative Audit Bureau or the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty, you're going to have Rick Eisenberg on next. They did a thorough audit of the Wisconsin election and found that there was no fraud, right? You know, there were some irregularities. There was no fraud. That was the same in Arizona, same in Georgia. So by the time the the electors were uh, certified in December across the country, I think this was over. It wasn't over for Trump, but it was over from a legal standpoint. And you know, I, did he continue to say he won? Does he say that today? Yes. But so does Stacey Abramson, the former gubernatorial candidate in Georgia. Hillary Clinton still says she won in 2016. Carrie Lake still running around the country grifting, saying she won Arizona. So I, I don't know that you can penalize speech. This is a First Amendment problem, I think, for Jack Smith. And, and I'm not sure these are the most difficult charges for Trump. But my bigger concern is a political one, to be honest with you. As somebody who wants to move on to, to a younger generation, a new generation of leaders, somebody who's actually more conservative than Trump is, uh, this actually helps Trump. It doesn't hurt Trump in the GOP primary. So my biggest concern, frankly, is from the political standpoint, not from the legal standpoint. Real quick on that speech, just, I spent a lot of time last night reading and watching a lot of really smart legal experts break that one down. And, and you can say... You can you can say anything really. You can other than threatening violence. You can lie about anything and be protected by free speech. But when you take direct actions based on that free speech, Bill, that's a different story. That's where I think the special counsel, Jack Clark, made the case. This is an act. These are actions based on that free speech. I think that's the distinction. Well, he failed at those, right? So he, I mean, he well, was that's like you, that's like saying you, you failed to rob a bank. You still rob the bank, and you don't get off because you uh, failed well, to rob we're the gonna bank. See. He's going to have to prove. Jack Smith is going to have to prove that beyond a reasonable doubt. And you know, truthfully, if I'm Trump's legal team, I'm looking forward to hearing Rick Essenberg's opinion on the legal aspects of this. But I'm asking for a different venue. I don't think Trump can be fairly charged in the District of Columbia. 
uh, I, I just don't think there's anything that remotely resembles a jury of his peers there. So, uh, you know, I think the first thing would be a change of venue if it's not uh, to have the charges dismissed. All right, you, Joe, you heard what Bill said. You also probably watched some of this and listened to some of the commentary last night. From the Democratic point of view, strategist that you are, what do you think? Well, I, I got to be honest. I, I'm having a hard time looking at it from a Democratic strategist point of view. I, before I'm a Democratic strategist, I'm an American. And I view this as incredibly important in the history of our country. And so if we just take a step back for a second, for almost 250 years, we have said that part of what makes America great is that nobody is above the law. But we've never really tested that proposition. And so as a 247-year-old country, we're about to find out if we really are a place where no one is above the law. I, the, the former president, as is laid out in the indictment, was part of a conspiracy to prevent a peaceful transition of power. And to Bill's point about it's just speech, it is not just speech when, as they lay out, they were lying to the fake electors. They were falsely representing that these would only be used if the lawsuits were successful. This sure looks like a conspiracy. It is, in my view, a grave affront against the United States of America for someone who loses an election to try to remain in power. And what I really hope is that we don't go right to the politics of this, is that we actually take a step back and go, this is an important case, not just because of who's involved, but because of what it's going to say about our country. And I hope that we listen to people in the weeks and months ahead who first understand the gravity of this. No one should feel happy today. I'm not happy as an American that an American president has been charged. No, anybody like expressing glee or joy can sit down and shut the hell up. This should never have happened, and now we're going to find out some things about our country. Bill McCotch and Joseph Pecky joining us in a special edition, edition of the Political Power Hour along with Sandy and yours truly. So, so gentlemen, you know, we're, we're talking about a president who really has done things that no other president has done before, in my opinion who has challenged the legality of elections, the accuracy of elections, over and over again, both in public and in private, apparently, if you if you look at what the uh, special counsel has turned up, especially with his conversations with Vice President Mike Pence. Bill, as a Republican, just look short-term. I, I, I put this in some of our show notes. This, to me, suggests that those people who support Donald Trump have supported him, have voted for him, they feel as strongly as ever. I had a conversation away from the show last night. The first, per first person I talked to about this, because he asked about politics in the show, said, well, what about Joe Biden? What about Hunter Biden? What's, when's that investigation going to happen? happen? That's the reality of those of us who talk about politics, who live in the world of politics, and frankly, any voter nowadays seems to be tuned in and all this stuff. That's the reality we face. This actually empowers Donald Trump's candidacy, at least for the nomination. It sucks all the oxygen out of the GOP primary. He's the only one getting attention, and it'll be that way all the way up until the debate. None of the other candidates are going to be able to get any oxygen until August 23rd in Milwaukee. And if Trump shows up that night, they'll get none still. 
So, I, I mean, this all but assures him the nomination, which is not what I want. I, I want a fresh face. I want some new blood uh, as the leader of the Republican Party. All of it's very troubling to me. I, You know, again, I, I think after December 14th, which was the date of certification, this was over from a legal standpoint, in my opinion. I think Trump should have been gracious at that point. I think he... He is clearly winning the GOP primary by 30 to 40 points, depending on what poll you look at. I think he'd be beating Joe Biden by 10 points today had he left graciously and not demanded that the vice president do what he did or or try to do something that he refused to do. And frankly, I, I said on your show before, and I believe it to this day, and I'll always believe it, Mike Pence did the right thing. I think Joseph Pecky is thoughtful as always. He and I are Americans first, partisans second. Uh, I am deeply troubled by all of this. And part of that troubled nature comes from the fact that his opponent is the guy bringing these charges. I mean, this is like third world stuff. I hope we never see anything like this again in our lifetime. But here we are. And some of it is Trump's making. You know, I I have to say that. And you're going to get, you know, texts and calls probably saying, McCashin's on the other side. Well, I'm a Republican first, and and I think a lot of this is Donald Trump's own making. After December 14th, all the way until January 20th, he did things that were completely unnecessary and should have been more gracious. We'll get some more reaction from Joseph Pecky. Bill McCashin, we'll take a break. You're listening, of course, to WTMJ Now. We are spending the hour, Sandy and Steve, talking with Bill McCashin, Joseph Pecky. They're joining us on the Tri-County Contracting Hotlines. Uh, I'll go back to you, Joe. I, I like the point that you made about looking that not in necessarily with political filters on or party affiliations, but with the sense that we're all Americans. The reason I'm spending, we're spending this hour today is I think this is some, somewhat different. This has a, gr- a gravitas to it that I think is significantly above and beyond what we've seen previously. It comes with the Department of Justice. I am sickened by some of the responses I see some from my Republican elected leaders. I don't understand it. I don't understand this willing, willingness to suck up to a former president who I think has broken the law. Again, innocent until proven guilty. I get all that. But some pretty clear evidence laid out in the, what was it, 45 or 47-page indictment. 78 counts now stacked upon multiple indictments with more to come. As a Democrat, Joe, as an American, when we think about stories like this, that are historic, that are, I guess, something we've never seen before. Take off your political hat if you want to. I mean, it, 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 it should shock us, and yet still, today, we're getting the same silly partisan nonsense. Have we learned anything? Well, I, I hope so. And, I, and, and like to, to underscore it, I mean, here's what's different. It's, it's not different that former President Trump finds himself in some legal hot water. Right. We we've almost become numb to that. But what I will just remind people is this is the first time of any of the legal problems that he's facing, that it is due to his conduct as president of the United States. Right. We've got the the classified documents. He was a former president. We've got the Eugene Carroll stuff. It was a long time ago. This is this gets to the heart of the authorities and what the, 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 the checks and balances on the president of the United States are. And if a president of the United States does it, is it, is it a crime, right? That's the old Nixon thing. And 
So what I'm stuck struck by today is there are some people who are saying nothing. There are some people who are saying, let's watch this process play out. And then there are some people who, as you kind of allude to, are like kind of go into their partisan battle stations. And I just am going to have a really hard time taking those folks seriously because this isn't a game. The the United States of America, our Constitution, the idea of America, of this shining city on a hill, all of that matters way the heck more than whether Democrats or Republicans win the next election. That's what I believe, and that's why I'm trying to be sober and cautious and careful, because you are right. Donald Trump, as an accused defendant, has an extraordinary number of rights at his disposal now, and included in those is a presumption of innocence until proven guilty. And I will grant him that, too, while noting these are serious charges and this is a serious test for our country. And as Steve, you're, dis- you're expressing great disappointment at how the reactions have been uh, from Republicans. Uh, gentlemen, what is your opinion the word impeachment for Biden has already been floated around based on Hunter Biden's trials and tribulations. Will the House attempt a Biden impeachment for retribution for this new Jack Smith indictment? Uh, I'll let Bill Kenny, let's weigh in on that. Yeah. I, let's talk about the one Republican who has been very sober about this, and that's Mike Pence. I mean, this this entire episode is probably the reason that he's not even competitive in the GOP primary. There's a certain percentage of Republican voters who view him as a traitor, which is really unfair. I think Mike Pence did the right thing. I think he did the only thing he could legally do on that day. Yet that's probably disqualifying him from being even competitive to say nothing of potentially winning the primary. He is he was very direct yesterday that, you know, the, he thinks the president was wrong about this and that he should face some consequences. You know, I expect we'll hear similar things from Chris Christie today. But Chris Christie seems to be that bull in a china shop uh, as it relates to Trump. He, you know, he wants to be the one guy that knocks him out. I, I, I don't see that happening. I mean, all of this from a political standpoint is giving Trump even more oxygen in the GOP primary. And I would, Sandy, separate your question. I think whatever happens with Biden is going to be unrelated to the Trump charges, even though guys like Jim Jordan are clearly close to Trump. So is Kevin McCarthy. I think McCarthy is sober enough that whatever Hunter Biden investigation, where that leads as it relates to the president of the United States, Joe Biden, will take a course based on the facts. And I think Jim Comer is committed to that as well, the congressman who's leading this effort. So I don't think there will be a tit for tat uh, if that was your question. Um, You know, we may get to an impeachment inquiry and that may or may not happen on or about Labor Day. But I but again, I think that's separate and based on the facts of that particular case. But it's a sad state for America that these are the two guys that are the front runners for both parties. I mean, we are so much better than this as a nation. I, I think both parties should flush their guy, their top guy and, and come in with somebody new and fresh and younger and more vigorous. And, it, you know, but that's not the course we're on right now. Since you guys are two of the smartest political strategists I know, I want to ask you this question. What does it say about the voters who cling to this guy? 
despite all of this noise, all of the nonsense, all of the theatrics, something we've never really seen in recent history, and I get there's been presidents that have been slightly odd and weird, but this seems to be so far out of line of the decorum and the presentation that I would expect to see from a president, public or private. Uh, what does it say about the voters, Bill, that they refuse to give up on this? Is it just presumption of innocence, or is, there, or is it more than that? It's more than that. It's the brand he built with them. He, he talked about the forgotten man and woman in the 2016 race, and he identified them, which was sort of odd. I mean, here you had a, a billionaire who grew up with privilege who was, was connecting with working people. I mean, he, he had four times more Democrats flip over than Ronald Reagan ever did, the old Reagan Democrats, which my father was back in 1980. Uh, he, he had more working people coming his way. He changed the face of the Republican Party from country clubbers, uh, you know, and C-suite people to working people. And, and frankly, I think, I think that was a good thing. And these people still feel forgotten. They feel still left out. And he represents the one guy fighting for them. So the charges in their mind are there, you know, the system is out to get him because he's looking out for them. It's not, some people will suggest it's about their intelligence. That's baloney. It has nothing to do with that. He represented in their minds, somebody who was fighting for their interest. And that will never go away. Regardless. I mean, if there's charges in Georgia next week, it's, it'll be the same. His numbers will not go down. I would argue, Bill and Joe, and I'll let Joe speak to what you just said, that it's, it's the hardest thing to do is to admit you're wrong. And, and when you voted for someone like Donald Trump and you see what's happened post-presidency and, frankly, during the presidency, it's hard to admit you're wrong. And I think voters are stubborn. They're loyal, immensely loyal. We often get this posed in the context of, well, if, who am I going to vote for if it's not Trump? I'm not voting for Joe Biden. Joe, what do we do with that reality? Well, I, I don't have all the answers, but I, I would add two things um, for, for the explanation. I think the first is the information environment in which we live and the way that people consume their news is very different today. And it has created spaces where people can get uh, what you know is borderline or arguably propaganda over and over again. And that stuff works. The second thing is, and, and Bill is exactly right, this is not about anyone's intelligence in my view. I think there is a decades-long frustration felt by people in this country at a system that has grown less and less uh, in touch with how people live, what they expect from their government, and what they want this country to accomplish. And that frustration has eroded trust in institutions. We see that across the board. Most recently, this morning, another all-time low in you know, public trust in the Supreme Court, uh, in the news media, in government. Even the military has lost um, you know, trust and the confidence of the American people. And in that environment where you have less trust than ever before and you have an information environment where, you know, it's this is not – the Nixon era, where there's you know three nightly newscasts who are going to give it to you straight, and three or four important daily newspapers, um, you've got an environment where people have decided this is their guy, and nothing's going to move them off that. And that's you know we are we are going to find out whether that's just problematic or whether it's dangerous. I think on January 6th we saw it can be dangerous 
We're about to find out whether that's still the case, if it's still dangerous, or if people are going to move off of it. And I, I will just say this on the politics. I'm not so sure that at some point the dam isn't going to break here and this is going to start to hurt former President Trump politically. And, and we can presume to know, we can state with confidence what we think is going to happen, but we don't have a roadmap here. We've never seen anything like this. And so, you know, I take everything with a truckload of salt. He is Joseph Pecky, Bill McCoshin, joining us in a special edition of the Political Power Hour. Steve and Sandy, we'll take a break here. More of that conversation after this. We've got a few more minutes with our political strategist, Joseph Pecky, on the Democratic side. Bill on the Bill McCoshin on the Republican side. Um, gentlemen, there, I got there's so many questions, and we're gonna. The great thing is we're gonna have you in studio at the fair on Friday, both of you. So that'll be that'll be fun. Um, I guess the simple question, Sandy reminded me of this question uh, before the break. Well, we we are just a few weeks away from the Republican presidential debate, the very first one. Does this now force him to attend? I don't think it forces I him to attend, it Sandy. Go ahead, Joe. I'll just say, I, th- I think it makes it more likely, but to me, the, the $64,000 question and, and the determining factor was always going to be, if one of these came down within 48 to 72 hours of the debate, I have a hard time believing he would be able to help himself and that he would have to go out there. Um, I, so I don't know. I, I think at this point, it's probably a little bit more likely he attends. And, you know, the, the political move in his mind Maybe I have to stand on this stage and demand fealty from all these other candidates or make sure I beat them and stuff them in a locker, because at this point he may believe that the only way he gets out of legal trouble is winning the election again. And, and that's, you know, that's where we are. Um, but I don't know. What do you think, Bill? I, I think it. Well, let me give you the flip of that. I think it's less likely he will come because he knows that the Fox News hosts will have to ask each of the candidates about this. They will be forced to take positions about his various indictments and about some of his statements and about whether or not they will pardon him. This debate will be about Trump, whether he's there or not. So why not let them fight it out? And then, uh, you know, if I'm him, I'm I'm. He no longer tweets, but he, you know, he, he does put out st- public statements on True Social. I'm critiquing it in real time if I'm him. I, I, I'm not standing on that stage, but I probably I'm considering standing on the stage in California to knock out who's ever left. One of the things I was thinking about last night as I was watching some of this digesting all this, you know, incredible coverage across multi networks, Fox to CNN to everything in between and beyond. Um, is that at some point, I think the only real game changer would be for all of the candidates who are running against the former president, the Ron DeSantis's and some of the other folks who have been pretty critical, Tim Scott's, who say, you know what, this is not something that we can endorse or support. We are not going to publicly criticize our Department of Justice because, frankly, this, this, is too, this is a bridge too far. We are not going to put up it. Unless that happens, I don't think anything really changes politically, Bill. I, I agree with you. I mean, there there was a lane, maybe still is, of 60% of GOP primary voters who are open to somebody else. Nobody has filled that lane well yet uh, or close to filling that lane. So, you know, the, the more they get asked to defend Trump and what's their position on Trump and, 
you know, what about Hunter? It, it, it ultimately is all about somebody other than themselves. And it's, it's, a, it's a quagmire none of them can get out of as long as this, all of this continues. All right, I want to ask one more question. We'll start with you, Joe. Um, one of the things that uh, is really important is to kind of figure things out from an expert perspective, subject matter expert. But this is guesswork. This is uh, putting your crystal ball, looking at your crystal ball, putting your prognosticator hat on. Where are we a year from now, Joe? Just your best guess. Where are we a year from now with this, with the Democrats, with Congress? Where are we at a year from now? I think the Republican Party is in disarray trying to figure out how they can navigate stopping Mr. Trump from being their nominee. Hmm. Bill? Because I, I, like, well, I, I think he's going to win. I think, I think he's going to win the nomination. And then the, the timing of this is like by, you know, by the late spring of next year, he's going to have a ton of delegates and be on a glide path to the nomination. And then the legal troubles are going to get even worse. Then things like plea deals will come into a, you know, will be on the table. And at some point, the Republican Party may have to figure out how can we change who our nominee is. Makes for an interesting convention. Joe, our bill, rather? It it does. Uh, Let me bring it closer to home here in Wisconsin. I think that all of this is impacting a potential candidate against U.S. Senator Tammy Baldwin, who's seeking her third term in the United States Senate. This should be a desirable position. She should be considered at least a competitive target for uh, Mitch McConnell. So far, he has shown no interest in the state of Wisconsin. And as of today, there's not a single Republican announced uh, against her. In fact, Congressman Tom Tiffany was the latest to say thanks, but no thanks yesterday. So I think the people that are kicking the tires on this are watching whether or not Trump is going to be at the top of the ticket because it does impact their race in the state of Wisconsin. Let's face it, Ron Johnson probably got Trump elected in 2016. He got more votes in the state of Wisconsin than Donald Trump did. Trump didn't have that same benefit in 2020 in the state of Wisconsin and lost by 22,000 votes. So, uh, you know, those two races tend to be tied together. And if, if I'm, you know, thinking about spending 10 or 15 or 20 million of my own money, I got to know whether or not I got a realistic chance. And right now it's an open question. Gentlemen, I appreciate your extra time today. We'll we'll, uh, jump right back into the fray on Friday live from the Wisconsin State Fair. I'll close with this. Uh, I love this quote. I'm with the former vice president on this one. Mike Pence statement on January 6th, former President Trump demanded that I choose between him and the Constitution. I chose the Constitution and I always will. Lots of respect for Mike Pence on that statement last night. Gentlemen, we'll pick it up on Friday. Thank you. See you, See you. Thanks. All right. A great conversation from our two political strategists, Bill and Joe. That's why we brought them on, because this is a big day. I know I know there's some people out there who want to just equate this with all the other Trump noise. It's not that. This is historic. Yesterday was an historic indictment against the president. And it certainly has ripple effects and ramifications. So I'm glad uh, that Bill and Joe were able to join us, and uh, we'll see what else develops. <laughs> Today's Wednesday. By the time we yeah, talk with them right. on Friday morning at 9.